You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. This is our nine-week discipleship series. Our goal is that for all of you to grow in your walk with God. How many of you here you want to grow in your walk with God? Amen. Good. All of us, we want to grow and mature in our walk with God. Thus, we have entitled this message, Forward. And I hope that uh, indeed all of us can move forward and move towards the direction where God has a uh, place for each and every one of us. I know that indeed it is just uh, exciting to once again unravel what the Lord has prepared for each and every one of us. And I'm glad that indeed we are in the right place uh, with the right kind of people. And our goal is that we grow in our understanding of, uh, uh, our understanding of God and we mature in our uh, really knowledge of Him. And uh, a lot of us here, uh, at times we tend to uh, just really not uh, mind our growth because we think that when it comes to my growth, I will just grow um, organically. And there is no such thing as organic growth if you don't deliberately go out of your way and really set uh, really a mark that I will grow in my walk with God. Nothing will happen if you don't choose to grow. Nothing will transpire if you don't make a decision. This is why in Victory, we want all of you to grow more than just the size of our gathering, more than just the size of our worship services, because we believe that the quantity of our attendees is a byproduct of their quality, of their health. If there is Quality, there is always quantity. Quantity follows quality. This is why we believe that more than anything else, our uh, priority here in Victory is that for all of us to grow in our understanding of uh, who God is. Although I know that growth is your responsibility. Am I correct? It is not my responsibility. My responsibility is for my growth. Your responsibility is for your growth. Am I correct? But as a, a pastor and part of this ministry, we want to create an atmosphere where people are just... Uh, really in a place where they can grow in their walk with God. And we want you to be uh, disciples of Jesus Christ. In our own context, a disciple is somebody who follows Jesus. Do you understand? And if you follow Jesus, you are just enamored with who He is. You can't help but invite more people to follow Jesus. When I came to know the Lord, you know what happened? April 3, 1994, 3rd row, 3rd seat, 3.15 p.m. Yeah, I celebrated my 24, 25 years in the Lord. I came to know the Lord 1994, okay? Make a long story short, uh, my, my response to my uh, really encounter with God led me to invite my classmates uh, in high school. I was uh, really sent to the principal's office because of that. But I'm telling you right now, it never stopped me. Before, I was sent, and I'm always sent every week to the principal's office because of my behavior. This time, it was because of the gospel. Isn't it amazing? So back in high school, this was my reaction when I encountered the Lord and I shared the gospel. That is what we want all of you to really experience because at the end of the day, we cannot measure really if you are a follower of Christ. It's hard to identify if you're following Jesus. But I want you to understand your burden for the lost, for people who doesn't know God, is a reflection if you follow Jesus, if you have a relationship with, with God. This is why it is a must that more than just our desire to win more people for God, we want you to uh, once again have a relationship with fellow believers, people in this uh, really gathering. Thus, we would want to endorse uh, victory groups. If you are a part of this uh, really gathering and you've been coming to victory I, I would uh, really endorse that you subscribe to our victory groups because that's the heart of our ministry. That as a disciple of Jesus Christ, we follow Jesus, we fish for men, and we, we, what? we fellowship with believers. This is why when a disciple uh, grows in his walk with God, he, he moves forward, he develops through this kind of maturity. And because of that, we will have a, what? a deeper grasp. Lumalhalim po yung pananampalataya natin sa Panginoon. Because at the end of the day, the more you know God, the more that you grow deeper in your understanding of God. So that when the going gets tough, when you are up against the challenges of life, it is your knowledge of God that will determine if you will last. Do you understand? That's the reason why I have really uh, met a lot of people who would ask me for counsel. Pastor, tulungan mo ko, I have a problem. I would always ask them, when was the last time you opened your Bible? Ten years ago. <laughs> That's the reason why you have a problem. Because at the end of the day, our reactions okay, are all what are all attached into our knowledge of God. If your knowledge of God is shallow, okay, it is easy for you to react and respond. Do you understand? If your knowledge of God is deep, instead of reacting, you what? You respond. Because this is not just about, really, uh, your, your tenacity and your strength and your intelligence. Life is not that easy. 
But at the end of the day, we're not going to what, fight life or the challenges of life all by ourselves. We have a great God greater than anything. There's a reason why. If your God is big, no matter how hard the situation is, because God is big, you will not be shaken. Do you understand? Kahit gano po kalaki ng problema, no matter how big the problem is, if you put it right beside a great God, a big God, that becomes smaller. There's a reason why. I think four or five months ago, I shared this illustration. Usually, pag may mga selfies, how many of you here, you, lo- you love taking selfies? Okay? You love taking pictures. Are, are you with me? Okay? I, I, I don't want to call myself fat. I'm, I'm oversized. Okay? So every time I would take a photo with somebody, I would look for somebody bigger than me. So I get smaller. Do you understand? That's the same thing, the way we view God. Our problems are big. But if your knowledge of God is so big, everything becomes smaller. This is what a disciple does. His perspective changes because of his understanding of God. And I can't think of any other person who adheres to the same understanding in the book of uh, Timothy, uh, for, uh, I think, uh, chapter 4, verse 7. It says right uh, there that we need to train ourselves to be godly. In order for us to walk in godliness, you will not wake up one morning that you see yourself godly. You have to train. When it comes to training, I can think of any other person than our Pambansang Senador. Pambansang Kamao, okay? Manny Pacquiao. And the reason why, really, his... Uh, an epitome of somebody who loves training because of how successful he is. So some of us, okay, we would applaud and commend how great Manny Pacquiao is, but we just don't really know, okay, uh, the trainings that he went through. We only see his public life, but the private, private life of this man is something that probably some of us here would never dare, okay, pursue. Because at the end of the day, he has made sacrifices. And if you take a closer look, the common denominator of an athlete like him and a follower of Christ, okay, is uh, really, should they say somewhat synonymous? Because at the end of the day, in order for you to really grow, advance, and move forward as a follower of Christ, you need to have the right motivation. If your motivation is wrong, your success will be what? short-sighted do you understand if you are like me for the past few years you're trying your best to lose okay a pound or a kilo you're trying your best to lose weight how many of you here can relate with me because i want to look good more than just stay healthy my motivation is wrong you can look good but unhealthy but if you're healthy you can look good so it is important that we have the right motivation. And when you're motivated properly, repetition follows that you do things over and over again in order for you to be good. That though it's boring, you go back to the motivation. What is the reason why I'm doing this over and over again? Because I am motivated by something greater than my pain and suffering. When you have a motivation greater than your suffering and pain, and when you hit that wall wherein you are about to give up, you have now a reason to move forward. In fact, one of the Navy SEALs' story that I always glean on, that a Navy SEAL would uh, remind himself that when he's about to give up, he has exhausted himself, okay, with his energy for about 40%. Meron pa pong nalalabing 60%. So if you are right now in the stage of your life that you're telling yourself that I have given so much and you're about to quit, you have only exerted 40% of your energy. There is 60% more. You just need the right motivation why you're doing what you're doing because when you have the right motivation, you can move forward and challenge what's preventing you from advancing. So more than just the right motivation that gives you the right reason to do things over and over again, you need to be disciplined that you are just doing things routinarily, though your body is telling you, give up, give in, throw in the towel, and quit. A person that is disciplined would not easily give in. This is why it is important for people like us that we're not just attending church. Because if the goal of Christianity is that for you to attend a gathering like this for the next two years and give in, give up, and throw your life away, you're wasting your time. The reason why you're here, because you want to be strong. And the reason why you want to be strong, because you want to last. Amen. 
Nobody wakes up this morning with a decision and with a prayer that today, in Jesus' name, I will quit. <laughs> Nobody wants to join an endeavor with that mentality. At the end of the day, I want to give up. So spiritual disciplines are so important. This includes Bible reading and prayer and fasting and giving. When you do things over and over again, it changes your heart. It changes your attitude. But we're not just doing this because we want to have a better life, that we want to alter the course of our lives, that we will have a change of character. The reason why we're doing this, because there is a reason. If you miss the reason why you're doing things, you miss everything. If you're here right now and you're doing what is good because you're motivated that if you do good, it feels so good, you're getting it all wrong. How many of you here, honestly, and just like me, every time you do what is good, you feel good. So good. But the motivation is wrong. Because anything done that is centered on you, you feel good, you feel right, is not right. Everything that we should be doing should center in God. The reason why you're doing what is good because you want to please God. Because when you don't feel like doing what is good because it doesn't feel right, you will never do what is good. Because the basis of doing what is good is how you feel good. What if you don't feel good? Will you do what is good? But though you don't feel what is good and you don't feel good, when you know it pleases God, you will do what is right and proper and good. This is why it is important that you look back and check your motivation. Why am I doing these things? Why am, am I in church? If you are in church because you want God to bless your life, and for the next three weeks, you're not seeing God's provision. You will not go to church. Do you understand? If you are in a relationship, how many of you here are single people? Single and ready to mingle. Anybody here? If you are in a relationship because you're empty and you want somebody to hug you, you're getting it all wrong. You can hug yourself, in fact. And the reason why you are in a relationship, why? Because you want to give. But some people are in a relationship to take. So if you are and you choose to be in a relationship, as you give, eventually you will get. But the goal of any relationship is not to take from the other party, but to give. That you are so full of God and your relationship with God is just blooming and growing that you just can't help but express it to someone. So if your relationship with God is gasping for air and you want to find someone to love you and hug you and care for you, you're getting it all wrong. You will lose that relationship. Because your relationship with God should be your top priority in order for you to give love, you need to be overwhelmed by God's love. This is why it is impossible for a person to do what is proper, pleasing, and good that is long-lasting and far-sighted when the person is not changed by God. Remember Manny Pacquiao when he came to know the Lord? One of his expressions after coming to know the Lord is that his motivation is not centered on success and money. It was centered on God. And it says right here, faith is my motivation. It is only possible for an individual to say this when he has encountered the Lord, when he is born again. Of course, we've been born once, okay, from our mother's womb. The born-again encounter that I'm talking about is the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that makes us children of God. And it gives us the power to say no to sin. It gives us the new heart that we are able to live and obey God without an encounter with God or a born-again experience. It's not a religion. When you don't have a born-again experience, you will never say yes to God. You will always say yes to sin. You will not have the power to say no to sin and yes to God. Because you're dead spiritually. And all of us, we have a similar experience that when we came to know the Lord, we just can't help. We begin to have an appetite for the things of God. If you're here right now and you're having a hard time and you're telling yourself, I want to read the Bible, I will try my best to read the Bible, you're getting it all wrong. You have to start from square one that you have an encounter with God because if you're not alive in Christ, you can never do these things. It is only by the miracle of God that we are changed. 
that we can do what is proper, what is right, what is noble, what is praiseworthy. Only when we encounter with our God and we, we have a born-again experience that we can do these things. This is why it is important that we start with the right foot and say, God, I want first to have an encounter with you. Because if you're not fascinated with who God is, you will never pursue God. There must be a reason that gives you, that motivates you, that between sin and my relationship with God, I choose God. And you can only do such thing when you have an encounter with God. So let me read in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, in our English Standard Version. Ready? This is going to be a short passage because we've been discussing long passages for the past few weeks. So we don't want to overwhelm you. Verse 1, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn infants. Long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted the Lord is good. Can you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for this passage. The more than just look at a short passage, we want, Lord God, that is passage will sing into our hearts and will give us look at growth and maturity. I pray that each and every person will come out of this gathering with a desire, Lord God, to know you more. I pray that our encounter with your word will never be the same again. That your word will come alive and will breathe life into our system. I pray for each and every person in this room that they will delight in your word and because of their encounter with your word their lives will be fruitful. Their lives, Lord God, will be a pleasing aroma to you. Their lives, oh God, will be a reference for those people who doesn't know you. I pray even, Lord God, that family members and friends, even our office mates and classmates will come to know you because, Lord God, of our encounter with the Word. Thank you for the changes that will take place in the coming days, weeks, and months because of how powerful your Word is. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. It says right here, therefore, read yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, in envy, and slander of every kind, like newborn babies. Crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. In fact, I want to start in verse 3. Now that you have tasted the Lord is good, you can do verse 1, that you can get rid of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Therefore, doing what is right, first and foremost, is a byproduct of our encounter with God. Some of us, we think that by doing what is right, gives us a reason to call ourselves born again. You're not born again because of your transformed life. You are born again because of the rebirth that you have in Christ Jesus, that you have tasted God, therefore you're changed. Do you understand? This is why it is important that we should be mindful of the taste of our encounter with God. Not talking about a taste, I love to eat. I love to eat. I don't know for what reason. I have discouraged myself from eating, reminded myself that this is not going to really help me if I gain weight. I have taken vitamins to lose weight. I'm just kidding. I did my best. I've done South Beach diet. I've done North Park diet. I've done everything under the sun. I tried after six, before six. Uh, I'm doing right now, um, what do you call this? Bullet coffee diet. So shall I know? That took me about three days because it's so expensive. But my point is, more than anything else, I love to eat. I, I can't, I can't, I don't know if you're like me. Uh, the, this morning I was, I was having breakfast, okay? Um, while we're having breakfast, I, I'm meditating of um, adobong baboy. <laughs> Do you understand? I don't know if you're like, I don't know why I'm like this. There is something wrong probably with, with, with my brain. I love, I don't know if you can imagine right now adobong baboy. Adobong manok, sinigang sa miso, sinigang sa bayabas, sinigang na lechon. Ginataang kalabasa, ginataang tilapia, ginataang kuhol, kare-kare, Bicol Express. I can, I can feel it. 
<laughs> at the tip of my tongue. How many of you here, you love to eat? You don't have to raise your hand. I mean, by looking at you, I can, I can smell it from here. I love it. I love a good breakfast. Come on now. In fact, I, 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 I love seafood. Whatever I see. Okay? Um, everything. I don't know why. And once you have a taste with, with these things, you just get help. But even before you eat, you can imagine how really heavenly eating is. I mean, I don't know why when I'm eating, it, it changes my life. I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't want to be, I don't want to exaggerate it. But my point is, I'm enjoying every minute of it. And some of you that are struggling while eating, I don't know what's wrong with you. I have a friend who's like that. You it's, it's good to eat. That's the reason why King David said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. This is not just an idea. It is an experience. And I don't know if you can feel really the, the, the uh, intensity that every time I would explain and I would uh, talk about food, you, you, can, you can smell it from here. You can feel it right from where I am because I just love it. I have a collision with it. I have an encounter with it. This is what the Word of God is telling us. If you don't have an experience with God, it is impossible for you to expect yourself that you will bear fruit. Your experience with, with God will what? Bear fruit. You don't have to wrestle and struggle to bear fruit. When was the last time you saw a tree, punong kahoy, who's right in the middle of your garden trying to exert an effort? Bayabas lumabas ka. Guyabana lumabas ka. Saging lumabas ka. Fruit cocktail, lumabas ka. I mean, everything under the sun. Why? Because again, the goal is not just for you to really bear. The goal is for you to be healthy. When you're healthy, you what? Bear fruit. This is what the, the Word of God is telling us. That as you encounter God and taste God, and the more that you uh, uh, interface with God, the more that you will bear fruit. Peter is simply saying, now that you have tasted, this is how you need to go about this. Therefore, as you have tasted God, get yourselves of what? Of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. That you can say no to sin because you have tasted God. You have what? You're saying yes to God and no to sin. But it doesn't stop there. We will continue. But I hope you understand that the day that you have an encounter with God, the day that you came to know the Lord, how many of you here can testify that there is something deep within your soul that tells you that's wrong? I want to be honest. Before I came to know the Lord, I loved to steal from my parents and from places where people are have a high traffic. Do you understand? Malls, stores. I love. Okay, I'm not doing that. Okay, don't give me that 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 look. Okay, <laughs> I have changed. And the reason why I didn't mention that because. I don't know why, but my point is, I mentioned that because, again, I mentioned that because when I encountered the Lord, I realized the reason why I steal, because I cannot trust God for His provisions. I trust my devices. I trust my ways. I trust my plans. I trust what my stealing can provide. And some of us, we have poverty mindsets. I'm not, I'm not taking this against you and the reason why that, that you, you need to, 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 to keep this money because, because you want to prepare for rainy days and you can bless people. Who will provide for you? Is it your career, your profession, your business, your inheritance, or God who is the, the great provider? This is why it is important that our encounter with God should be the basis of everything that we do, that our encounter with God will help us change, will help us transform. That's the reason why if you're living a life of malice, that we need to get rid of all these things because of this encounter that we have with God, that we have tasted that God is good. Now He's giving us the reason to say no to sin. What is malice? It is enjoyment over something bad happening to a person. A heart that secretly smiles when someone is hurt. 
And all of us are guilty. Am I correct? Kawawa ka naman, but deep in your heart, <laughs> buti nga sa'yo. Tigas kasi ng ulo mo. That is malice. Are all of us guilty? Yes. Are all of us guilty? Thank you very much. The truth will set you free. <laughs> Secondly, deceit. Making what is false appear as something that is true. And we love to tell lies. And before you know it, and, and before you're, 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 you're familiar that you're telling lies and you do it over and over again, all the lies that you have really uh, expressed has become the truth. And has become part of how you interact with people that though you know the real score that you don't have really the money to provide for your hobbies and what you want, you, you tend to do it because you want people to accept you for what you have. And some of us, we have that kind of really probably character. But God is simply saying, if you have tasted God, that you are accepted in the presence of God, that there is nothing in this world that will reject you because of God's acceptance for your life, you will not go out there and try to win the acceptance of people by trying to look good, by advertising yourself that you are someone in whom you're not. So when you have an encounter, have a taste of who God is, you will not look for these things that you have already received from God. Because you have tasted God, therefore, you don't want to taste anything. So if you're telling me right now, Pastor, I want to change life. Have you experienced God? Have you encountered God? Have you received God's acceptance and forgiveness and love for you? Because if you're struggling something, there is something that God is trying to offer. But we have missed the whole point. Thus, we have opted to look for these things in places where God is nowhere to be found. Hypocrisy. Same chapter, same verse. Is a person who's trying to advertise himself contrary to his private life. An individual fulfill. I don't know if you've encountered people, okay, that they would promise something, hashtag drawing. And they would just really try to impress everybody because they want to elevate somebody, that they would want to elevate somebody in the expense of other people, that they're fake and a counterfeit. And some of us, we tend to really dread these people that are fake and a counterfeit. And once in a while, we have to also check our hearts because the people that you don't like, okay, are individuals that are probably reflecting who you really are as a person. We hate people because we hate ourselves. Because we see in people what we see in ourselves. We need to be careful by these things. The reason why you can really live in humility because you have experienced God, that God served you with humility, therefore, you can walk in humility. Everything that we do in life is a byproduct of our relationship with God. Remember the first series that we have this year, know God because when you know God, everything will follow. Your knowledge of God is a reflection of your life. Your financial decisions, your love life decisions is based on your knowledge of God. The reason why you want to cut corners and find Okay, the love of your life, though you don't, you don't adhere to the same biblical standards. Why? Because you trust your devices more than God. Do you understand? But we know God more than ourselves. Therefore, we follow God. Am I correct? So we can walk in humility instead of walking in hypocrisy. Fourthly, envy. This can be a what? A resentment. Why people are blessed? Why can't God bless me? One of the marks of maturity is an individual who can celebrate with what? With people that are enjoying their success. When was the last time you celebrated with somebody from the bottom of your heart that you're simply saying that I am happy for you that you're married now, but deep in your heart, Lord, this person has been in church for one week. I've been in this church for 100 years, and yet I've been asking for a lifetime partner. But for the past few years, I can't find one. What's wrong with me? Lord, pangit ba ako? When you realize how you look, the truth will set you free. I'm just kidding. You need to understand that we're envious. And the reason why we miss out on the things of God, because 
we did listen to the whisper of the enemy. That the person beside you is getting married. The person beside you is being prospered by God. That your office mate is being promoted to that position. Here you are. You are an assistant to the assistant of the manager, of the assistant of your secretary. Of the assistant of that secretary. I mean, you've been praying for promotion. And here you are. You're, you're envious of other people. Why can't you just enjoy your relationship with God? I know it's not that easy. But the more you compare yourself with other people, that is what the enemy wants. You compare yourself so that you miss out on the things that God is doing in your life. In fact, the best way for the enemy to stop you from knowing God's plan for your life is not to stop you from seeing it, but from giving you other things wherein you cannot focus on what God is doing. He wants to get your attention. And some of these things are little things. Once the enemy grabs hold of your attention, you lose sight of what God has prepared for you. And all of us here, I feel like in my heart, we've been so caught up with comparing ourselves with other people. Lord, why is she getting married? Why is she having a great family? Why is she, why is he blessed? I mean, why, why, why is he doing well in his career? Why can't you just go to the person and say, I celebrate with you. I bless you. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. <laughs> when we develop that heart, that we are thankful for what the Lord has done in the life of someone, that is a sign that indeed you're growing. And before you know it, you are right in front of your breakthroughs. Ladies and gentlemen, the enemy wants us to do things that displaces God from the picture. It is a must every morning that we wake up and we close our eyes and say, God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for paying my debts. I'm bound to hell and you paid everything in full. I don't know if you are right now having financial crisis. How many of you here honestly you would want somebody to approach you and tell you, I'll pay for your credit card debts. Isn't that amazing? I shared this story. I have a friend roughly about, I think, 10, 12 years ago and told me, you know what? Remember when we were still in high school, you owe me this one? High school. I want to pay him because I'm a Christian. This amount of money. And I told him, and, I, and he told me, that's okay. I'm setting you free. I'm fine with that. I'm blessing you. Praise God. I thank him. And you know what? He reminded me again. Before we graduate from high school, you owe me this amount of money. I forgot all about it. I was expecting he would ask me to repay him, but he told me, you know what? This amount is bigger than what you owe me. And I know you're thankful that I left, uh, let you off the hook. Now I want you to know that I'm setting you free again. I did not only thank him. You know what I did? I hugged him. And so on and so forth. I hope you understand that the more you bask and meditate what God has done, the more that you can respond in awe. And the reason why you don't have time to do what, uh, the, the things that displeases the Lord because you're busy trying to meditate. God, you're so good to me. But the problem with us is that we look beyond really thanking God that we are just so caught up, Lord. I kulang pa ako ng boyfriend, kulang pa ako ng mister, parang gusto magdagdag, no? We, we count the things that we don't have. When was the last time? You started counting the things that you have. In fact, when you count the things that you have, you begin to grow in faith because that testifies that if God has been faithful in the past, He will be faithful in the future. Come on now. That is what the enemy wants us, that we're not thankful for how the Lord bless our lives. Slander. Get yourselves of slander. Slander is not just really... The desire to see people get hurt, but the desire to hurt people directly. This is similar to gossip. And some of us here, we, we do it in prayer form. Have you gossiped with somebody? Alam mo, talagang ano yan, masamang tao yan, magnanako yan, pag-pray natin. In prayer form, we're like that at times. We want to classify it in a prayer. We share it with a prayer group. If the, the group is not going to be of help in fixing the problem, don't involve them in that slander and gossip. You're destroying the person. 
The reason why I want to destroy the person because you hate the person and you're trying to what? You're trying to spiritualize things to hurt the person. Even if the situation is true and what he did with, uh, is and was true, I hope that you do understand that if you are not of help to the problem, don't indulge yourself. In fact, the more that you slander other people, the more you go down the drain because you're playing the game where they are at. If they have sinned against you, they have, they have sinned against other people, and the more you talk about it, the more that you don't want to go out of that pit. When you don't talk about these things, and you choose to hand it over to people that can solve the problem, and you choose to distance yourself, the more you're saying, oh God, I'm not going to live that kind of life. The reason why you're not advancing because of your tongue, and I'm not talking to people in this room, all of us are guilty, right? That we gossip about somebody. Why? Because you are hurting from deep within your heart that by trying to really hurt other people, you feel like you're elevated, that you're significant, that you're better than the other people. That's what we do. We speak ill of other people so that we feel good that we're somebody. That is the life from the pit of hell. You feel good, but deep in your heart, you know you're going down the drain. Why? Because again, it is centered on you. That's the goal of the devil, to talk about yourself. To ask God that you lack something so that you can that God provides for yourself. When everything is centered in you, you miss out because in this life, it's not about you, it's about God. And the more you center your life on God, the more that you benefit from it. And the funny thing though is that when you center yourself and align yourself in Christ, in fact, you don't want to do this for your own benefit. The benefits of following Christ is not your top priority. So there are days that you're not blessed. That's okay because this life is centered on God. The problem with us is that, Lord, I've been serving you. I've been attending church. I'm reading my Bible. How come this is happening in my life? Therefore, this relationship that you have with God is not centered on God. It is centered on you. This is why it is important that we overcome these things because a lot of us here, we come to church but we cannot win over the temptations of life. We can't just go out of our way and honor people and thank people and appreciate people and commend people. When was the last time you said something good to someone? Minsan pabirupa. I hope you, you, you don't understand that even if you come to church and you don't experience God, you are wasting your time. Because the way to measure if you're advancing in your walk with God is to see transformation. Yeah, means then we don't desire to read God's word because you don't see changes. When was the last time? In fact, I think about six months ago, I tried going to the gym. Gym's coffee. I mean, no, 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 no. Um, gym, okay, where you lift weights, okay. <laughs> I tried for about a week. I don't. I I have pains all over my body. I I want results. I want to grow my biceps. Overnight. So in, in the first week, I'm, I'm, I'm so discouraged. I know that it will take time. You need two, three, four months. But you want it overnight. I hope that lifting weights is like a, a clothing where you can wear, right? I can buy it and wear it to look good. But it's, that's not possible. And I realize that indeed when we don't see results, we're, we're easily discouraged. The same thing with us. We're, we're going to church. We're trying to open the Bible, attend a small group, interact with other Christians. But if you check your heart, you know you're not growing. You're not maturing. So it is easy to give in. Pag nakikita mo kasi yung results, you're encouraged to move forward. You're encouraged to develop. You're encouraged to what? To grow. There are times that you will not see, but because your faith is centered on God, though, Lord God, it will take time for this part of my life to grow. I am in faith, but I am hoping I can and I will change. This is why it is important that we overcome these things. How do we overcome? It says right here, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. The milk is the word, namely the good news that was preached to us, that we are like newborn infants in our what? In our longing that we are like babies. And a baby desires nothing more than that than to that drink a, a bottle of milk. That is my prayer for all of us. 
that as we encounter God and we have tasted God and we're saying no to malice, uh, envy, hypocrisy, deceit, we coupled it with God's Word that we're growing in the Word of God. Coming to church will help you grow partially. Some of us, it is never a guarantee. Your personal time is what will cause you to what? To grow. In fact, there are Sundays that my message is not okay. I hope it's not every Sunday. Our music team would be off key, but because your walk with God is intact, you can go out with a smile on your face. Why? Because this is not the source of your growth. This is just secondary. The source of your growth is your personal walk with God, your thriving, running relationship with God. This is why Peter wants us to long for God personally, that we will have the grace and the strength every morning to come together and read our Bible. According to your own strength, according to your own devices, you cannot. Honestly, every time I would touch, about to touch my, my, my Bible, how many of you can relate with me? First and foremost, let me ask you, before you can relate with me. How many of you here, you have a Bible? All of us, right? Whether that's, that's hard copy or digital. Haven't you noticed, if you have your Bible, you're about to touch your Bible. Again, the, there are a lot of to-dos in your mind. Haven't you experienced that? Meralco, Mainilad. Do you understand? Utang mo 20 years ago. Yung backlog mo sa school, 38 years old. You, you're, 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 you have a lot of things. Okay? Things. Why? Because that's what the enemy wants you to be enamored and consumed with. Because he knows once you have an encounter with God's Word, that's the start of transformation. Once you encounter God's Word, you will know God. And once you know God, you're one heaven of a follower of Christ. You're one foot away from your Bible. So as we mind, really, that God is good, that we have to be faithful of handling God's truth, that we are consistent. Peter is simply saying, as babies, because again, it's a simile where it is the kind of person that you will be. Because what we crave for controls our hearts, what controls our hearts controls our behavior. So the enemy would always put something that will what? That will catch your attention. Honestly, how many of you here, before you open your Bible, you're thinking of how many comments and likes people will have in my shout out? Anybody here? Some of us, we track that. How many likes? How many people are happy with what I post in FB or in my Twitter account or why? Because the enemy cannot stop you from reading the Bible, but he can get your attention. That's the only way he can stop you, that you're fascinated with other things than you are fascinated of who God is and his word. So in the first five minutes, ten minutes that you're opening the word of God, at times you don't feel it. At times, you want to drop that book. But some of us, we delight. We have a consistent moment with God. And some of us here, when we are busy, we have a reason now not to open the Bible. But how come you spend so much time in Facebook for about 30 minutes, you can't even spend time for 10 minutes in your faith book? Why? Because it speaks of your passion, and what you're fascinated about. It is important that we are reminded every single day and not just every Sunday to encounter God's Word. That we need to look back when we lose our appetite to bring back our desire for God's Word. In verse 3 of the same chapter, if you have tasted the Lord is good, we use our minds to meditate on the goodness of God. That's the reason why every single day, it's a must, the first 10, 20, 30 minutes, you spend time with God. And my prayer for all of us is that worship is not just singing great songs, songs that are just, really, that you enjoy. You worship God because you are simply saying, Lord, I owe you a lot and thank you for doing this. How many of you here, you have friends 
that are so kind to you. You have friends that you owe a lot, but because of their goodness, they would do things for your sake. Every time you see them, you're thankful. Do you understand? We have friends that we're not thankful. Every time you see them, you, you, you find other ways to be busy. How many of you here, you have friends like that? You want to be nice to them, but if they're around, you're busy. And some of us, were not busy, but you, you're trying your best to be busy. Why? Because again, when we look back and thank the Lord, and every morning as we wake up, we meditate on what the Lord has done. This is why when you lose track of, of reading God's Word, you lose track of Sunday gatherings, you what? You tend to gravitate on things that, not, uh, that are not of God. For some of us, before we read God's Word, the reason why we're not motivated reading God's Word, because it's like a meal. In between, you don't eat any other meal to prepare yourself for that meal, am I correct? That is what sin does to us. It robs us of our appetite in reading God's Word. It robs us of the appetite of knowing God. This is why it is important that we seek God every single day. That we use our minds to think back on God's goodness, how He loved us, how He provided for us, how He cared for us. That's what happens for people like us. That if you lose track, God, of this appetite to know you, you just pause and say, just like that adobo. You pause and say, God, I know how it tastes before. Let me meditate on this. Let me ask you, God, to give me the grace to bring back the appetite. You cannot fabricate this appetite. It takes the intervention of God. But one thing for sure, this will radically change your life because we are spiritually born by the gospel and it is only through the gospel that we grow. What do I mean? Because... The gospel is the very reason that we are in this fellowship. We are in this family. It is the gospel that has brought us into this relationship with God. Isn't it amazing that no, uh, no other uh, uh, ideas that can change a human heart? I've been asking myself for the past few years. There is no rehabilitation program. Nothing in this world that can change a human heart. It is only because of the gospel. How many of you here, you're thankful that somebody went out of his way to share the gospel to you? That you encounter God, and because of your encounter with God, you are forever changed. If first and foremost, that is what happened to you, and the gospel is so potent to change your heart, why can't you expose yourself and your heart every single day to the gospel? The gospel is a message of God to people like us. That Christ is God's grace for humanity, who died and resurrected. And we died and resurrected with Him. That we are not just mindful of the taste. That we are not just faithful of the truth. That we just don't read the Bible for the sake of doing so, but we are motivated. We are encounter with God. We are now thankful of the growth. If you want to grow and you're busy, trying to be fascinated of and entertained by Netflix, the videos, to one to three free movies, to the different torrent sites. But you have to ask yourself, when the going gets tough, are you always shaken? Because if you are, that is a summary of how far you've gone in your relationship with God. Pag palagi kang nayayanig, it's a sign that your life is not rooted in God's Word. Pag palagi kang emotional, I have nothing against your emotions. That is a sign that you're not anchored in God's Word. If you always are what? Mad and angry? I have nothing against. Once in a while, we get mad. I get mad. But palagi kang galit, that's a sign that you're simply saying, Lord, I don't think you're in control of this. Do you understand? Kaya tayo naiinis kasi we lose the control. Sino dito? Pag hindi ka sinusunod, nagagalit ka. Sabi ko na yung mister, sabi ko, sundin mo na ako eh. Yung puti sa dekolor eh. Nilabhan niya yung washing machine. <laughs> hindi, pa, hindi yung damit. 
Why? I know where you're coming from. I know your concerns. But your control is what's taking you off. Why? You're simply saying, because I'm not in control, I tend to react to this situation. But if you take a certain angle, probably I have probably missed an instruction. Probably he can't really get it. My husband can't take it. Probably he, he missed something. Or probably I just don't trust God that God is changing his heart. But eventually he'll follow instructions. Because your focus in, in God is what's causing you to see things from the perspective, the vantage point, the lenses of God. If you're not going to read God's word, you will not see things the way God sees things. Let me say that once again. If you're not reading God's word, you will not see things the way God sees things. That's the reason why you react instead of responding. When you see things in the perspective of God, you don't react. You respond. You can tell yourself and say, that's okay. I'm not carrying the burden. I have God by my side. Lord, I don't see any promotion. I don't see anybody courting me and loving me. That's okay. I have a God who loves me. I have a God who will promote me. Even people will stand in the way in my advancement and how God will prosper my life. The Lord will take care of me. Because the Word of God affirms that. Because for the Word of God is alive and active. It is alive. It's breathing. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit. Joins and marrows. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It is living, active. It is moving. It has life. So when you expose yourself in God's word, and as you face the world, it is discouraging and it is full of death. When you face the world, it will not affect you. It will not get into your system because you have God's word in your heart. Some of us were trying to control things externally. Your problem is you can't even handle things internally. Even things might not work externally in our lives. If you're affirmed by God's word internally, though things might not work well, you will be composed, secured, and stable because deep inside you are alive and active because of the word of God in our lives. So what sets you apart from the world is the word of God that is alive and active in our lives. It is the word of God that we consistently interact with every single day. It is the word of God that gives us the reason to say no to sin. It is the Word of God that gives us direction and stability. It is the Word of God that gives us affirmation and acceptance that when we go out there, the world cannot swamp us with all the problems left and right because the pressure that pushes things externally is greater than the pressures coming in internally. Let me say that once again by the simple illustration. The pressure when you're riding a plane the pressure in the plane okay, has to compensate the pressure outside of the plane. Do you understand? If the pressure is not consistent, okay, the, 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 the plane will implode. Okay? What's my point here? That's the reason why a lot of us, we give in. Because the Word of God is not really that strong in our system. That when pressures come in, we implode. We give up. We quit. We react. And people would always ask me, why are you like that? Why are you still more than positive? Why are you still in faith? That when I have a bad report, about a week ago, if I tell you the story, some of you might be shocked of the bad report I received from my wife of what happened to my four-year-old daughter that caused them to rush her in the hospital. It was last week, Saturday afternoon. didn't affect me. Not because I'm not human. But the Word of God is so alive that no amount of death can eat me alive. Right at the nick of time, the problem has been solved, even though I'm not around. Because God is everywhere. He doesn't need me to be in that situation because more than anything else, the Lord reminded me again that as a father, you're worried. But remember, Ryan, I am the father of your daughter. 
I am a better father than you for the record. That changes my perspective. That I thought, I do care really for my daughter, but there is a great father in heaven who cares not just for my daughter, but for all of us. And the more you understand that, the more that you seek God through His Word. We are born of the Word. It was the Word that changes us. It was the Word who made us alive. And we are only grown by the Word. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no other alternative. Only the Word and the Word alone that changes human heart, that alters our lives, that gives us the growth that we need. No amount of entertainment or surfing the net or anything in this world, all of these are momentary. How many of you here can relate with me? That if you are presently are pursuing a hobby, a fashion statement, a nice rubber shoes, how many of you here an hour before you buy that specific item, you, you can't help but be excited. You meditate how you look. Haven't you noticed that? You're so excited. This is it. This will satisfy me. This will give me joy. After about a day or two, you're out there pursuing another what? Another thing that might probably provide the joy that you've been looking for. Because there is nothing in this world that can provide the joy and the happiness that you've been looking for. Only, only Christ and His Word. In fact, Christ is the Word. This is why it is stated that the Word has been made flesh and dwelt among us. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my prayer that once again all of us will be delighted with God's Word and we will discover that the Word is not just a written Word. It is Christ, the living Word. Heavenly Father, thank you for this afternoon that your Word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It joins and mars and judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. Thank you, Lord God, that indeed your Word, Lord God, will be our desire, our delight, our longing. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, I want to pray for all of us here. If you're saying, Pastor, I want an intervention right now in my walk with God. Can we raise our hands, all of us across the room? You're simply saying, I want an intervention. I want God to restore my appetite. Lord, restore the appetite of these people. Lord, whatever, Lord God, is robbing them and getting their attention, Lord God, things that are temporary and momentary, Lord, I just come against it and I speak for it right now. That starting tonight, they don't have to wait for tomorrow. They will long for your word. I pray that our Bible reading will never be boring. Our Bible reading will be exciting. Our word, Lord God, or your word, Lord God, will come alive as we read each verse and chapter. You have said in your word that blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight, his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord that he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by the springs of, streams of living water which bears its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Ito pong pangako mo, Panginoon. That our lives, that the lives, Lord God, of our lives will not wither, Lord God. Some of us are dry. I pray that you resurrect, Lord God, and bring back, Lord God, the vigor and the energy. Let the Word come alive every single day. You have said, even in Psalm 119, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Can we just hold our Bibles right now? If you have a Bible, put it right on your chest. Well, thank you that I will value your word. That no matter what will happen, Lord, give me the grace, give me the strength. Every single day that your word will be my top priority. There is nothing in this world that will grant us the affirmation, 
the value, the security, the stability, the faith that I know who God that the world might swamp us with all the challenges and problems left and right. But your word will come alive. It will rise above, Lord God, every situation that drags me down. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.